Howdy, and welcome to the second episode of the Texas Hog Hunter podcast with your hosts, Kevin Henderson and... And Bo Jennings. See, I, I do this every once in a while just to make sure you remember my name. <laughs> uh, that's probably smart. So what do we got going on? Man, what a what a week it has been. I'm not even talking about hunting. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it, didn't it start off with a with a blowout and one of your toddlers? Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to talk about the kids being sick, so we won't go into too much detail. But when I <laughs> when I opened the back seat to, to get her out to take her into daycare on Monday... She's only eight months old, so uh, she didn't know any better. <laughs> there was just a pool of poop in her lap that had made its way out from the diaper. So it was... Wonderful visual for everybody. One of the more embarrassing, probably the most embarrassing drop-off I've had. Luckily, there, were not, there weren't any other parents there to see. But I felt absolutely horrible, but also very pleased at the fact that I could take her inside and drop her off and say can you guys clean up my daughter for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everybody that's had, you know, toddlers at, at some point or another has had one of those blowouts as we call them. Oh yeah. We started the week off like that. And then, uh, she got sick on Wednesday. I was wide awake at the end of the night. So I raised my hand and told the wife to go get some sleep while I took care of her. And little did I know I wasn't going to sleep the rest of that <laughs> night. So, but they're doing well. Uh, they're, they're getting better, but Man, outside of that, talking about when it's not flooding outside, weather has been beautiful, uh, nice and cool. You're starting to see a lot of the crepe myrtles start to blossom. So fun time of the year. And the bugs are coming out. Yeah, the bugs are coming out. Seen a lot of mosquitoes. That makes good for fishing though. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. You know, one of the other things we noticed coming out as well, we've started to see the uh, bucks differentiate themselves from the does out on the property. Looking at the looking at the game cams, we're starting to see some some little nubs. Man, some of them not so little starting to pop up on on several of the bucks that we've seen out there. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign when you're seeing more deer on the game cameras than you are seeing hogs. And speaking of total hog counts since October 30th, I think we're up to about 17 dispatched on Mom's place. And what I'd like to use is a really cool app to keep track of this stuff. It's the Texas Parks and Wildlife app that they call My Texas Hunt Harvest. It's an app that you can log into from your smartphone and not only record, but report your harvest for the year for all the wild game. And it's actually being used by Texas Parks and Wildlife to help manage game throughout the state. So speaking of, you know, you were talking about the game cameras. What, uh, what things have we seen this week? We seem to keep seeing the same bore that pops up in the corner pocket. And we have two sets of cameras out there. We have spy point cameras, and then we have Spartan cam, which is good for immediate notification. The Spartan cam right off the bat was outstanding. And I think you've put the story up on the Facebook page, but do you want to give them the, you know, the first yeah. time we were actually able to utilize that? Well, yeah. So we've had it set up there for maybe a month or two right now. But I was visiting with my mom there on the on the back porch, you know, just sitting down on the, on the porch, just talking. And I get a notification from Spartan Cam sending a picture. And it sent a picture of a sounder rolling through. And I looked at the picture. A, I looked a at the, good sounder. Yeah. I, I mean, we're talking about 20 pigs plus. So I looked at the picture, looked at the time on it, looked at mom, showed her the picture, showed her the time and said, I got to go. <laughs> and she was like, go, go. So I, I jumped in the, in the mule. I didn't have my 
ear protection. It was in the back, but I had my AR already on the rest and I just, I hauled butt down there and I knew kind of where they were going because where we've got that Spartan cam up is what we call the Y. The the Y is, is called that because it is a game trail that kind of splits and makes a, a Y. And the way they were going, I knew they were headed up to the pasture. So I stopped the mule, jumped out, didn't even have my IR, my, in my infrared illuminator, which what that does with my night vision scope is it actually sends out an infrared beam to where I'm, I'm aiming the scope and it kind of lights it up to where it has this, this infrared signal that lights up on the scope so you can actually see stuff in the dark. Didn't have that set up. That That's more of an accessory in terms of you don't need it in order for the night scope to function, but it's only going to be limited in distance without that. Is that correct? Correct. And yeah, the night scope will pull in as much light as it can, but if you're in pitch black situations like no moon, then you're not going to see Which tends to happen lot. a lot on your property. So. <laughs> yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a few really dark places. <laughs> but yeah, so it, I mean, it, and when we talk about toys and, and hardware, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to be one of the things where we're like, spend some money and, and get a yeah. good one or just make sure that you have one because it does come in handy, especially on those dark, dark nights. Yeah. So, and that's how it happened. I, I rolled out there totally not prepared other than I had my gun and the, in the rest and the mule ready to, ready to go. Um, and you knew there, knew there were pigs around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the, that video on the Facebook page is so dark and, you know, whenever they're rolling through, it's a little bit pixelated. Otherwise uh, I've got a lot, a lot more videos with it brighter at night because I've got that infrared. And, and as you see, as you see on the video, it, uh, it was a success in terms of you were able to do a little bit of damage uh to the sounder so yeah what was the kill count on that did we just two just confirm one or two i'm pretty sure i got uh one of the boars that was leading out net now granted i I led him way too far and what i mean by that is when they're running you've got to kind of aim in front of them but the problem was they were running towards me so they were running at an angle and i led him about a full length and it hit in front of him you know, the first couple of times, but I saw one of them stumble after a shot. So I'm assuming that one landed and, uh, he went down. Yeah. That, that was my thought too. I, I was just watching that video the other day and, uh, I, it looked like you could see something stumble. I have seen a couple of pictures on the river trail where it looks like, uh, one or two hogs might be running through the pictures on those haven't really come through all that well in terms of like we're getting their legs and not the, not the body. So we may need to adjust that a little bit, yep. but otherwise we're seeing one bore on the river trail. We're seeing one bore on corner pocket. I'm not convinced it's the same one, but it could be, I'm not entirely sure how much distance there is between those two areas. And if two bores would be in that close proximity to each other. You know, if I didn't want to get rid of these things so bad, I would almost take a paintball gun out there and just kind of splatter him <laughs> to see if we could track him. You know, if we were ever trying to get real scientific with it, uh, that's, that's a possibility. <laughs> the first time yeah. they find a mud hole, though, like, I think our, our theory might be shot or sorry, a waller. Let me say that. That would be pretty funny to go <laughs> walking through the property and see a rainbow <laughs> mud hole. Damn it. We got to do it now. Go up in the attic and see yep. if I have an old paintball gun. So that is the good news. And I do think we've 
found our first target. Yeah. It's, it's nice that we're not seeing the sounders. You don't have a ton of pigs running through your property. However, you know, in my mind, this whole time, I've always just been thinking trapping, trapping, trapping. Uh, and of course the first real target we get, which since we see him in corner pocket, I'm going to name him eight ball and he's black as well. So yeah. he kind of fits in there. We've seen him and it doesn't make sense to go out and build a trap, you know, next to this camera or in this area for one boar. I mean, that's very labor intensive. It just doesn't make sense. Not to mention uh, there is a lot of different game moving through this trail. It seems like it would almost, it's inevitable that something else would wind up getting trapped and not being out there every day. Wouldn't make that a little bit difficult. So you want to talk about the lay of the land a little bit out there at mom's place? Yeah. So that one thing we wanted to talk about was uh, the lay of the land, just to give you guys an idea of what we've got going on out there. So you, you know, to help visualize what it is that we're talking about, plus all the pictures we'll be putting up on social media as well. Right. So I haven't had anybody else out there on the property until this past year. You know, it, it kind of came to a realization seeing you know, how, how good of a job that's been done on the property out in the hill country. But I was talking to mom about it. And I said, I know that it's only been a, a family thing for decades. You know, it was my dad and I and my brother and my sister and mom and, and her parents, you know, in the past 20 years, it's just been my son and I that, that have gone hunting out there. So you came out to the property last summer for the first time. And what was your first impression? Just kind of looking at the place. You know how, when you, when you listen to somebody on the radio or a podcast and you get that picture of what they look like based on their voice. And then when you finally see them, you're like, really, is that the guy that I was you know thinking about? Kind of how I felt when I got out there, I had pictured, I had pictured in my mind, just what this area would look like. That sounds awful, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a, it's a good thing. Now that I've been out there, honestly, the one thing that I want to liken it to, honestly, is Guadalupe National Park. And not from the sense of mountains or anything, but really one of the reasons why that turned into a national park is the diversity of wildlife and plant life in that area. Because you have such huge elevation changes and it lends itself to that. And that's kind of what I get at this property. It's got water, which obviously is everyone, everything needs to survive, you know, it needs water. Uh, but when we're talking about pigs, I mean, that's actually one of the things they use to determine, you know, where they could be living. I think it's sounders typically try to live within uh, a one day's walk of water and boars typically try to live, I think within like a half day's walk of water, or maybe it's even a quarter of a day. Yeah. They tend to be lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds familiar. But having that out there is already going to lend itself to a very diverse wildlife population. But then, you know, when you get out there, you're, you know, you're basically on farmland uh, when you first get there. And it, uh, it reminds me a lot of, of College Station when you go, you know, just west of town and get to the area where the Brazos runs through. It's just farmland, farmland, farmland. And then all of a sudden, just thick trees that line the river. That's kind of what we, you know, what you get out there. But then the best part was you, you start off on all this flat land and on the pasture. And then it's like somebody just came in and just dug a, dug a tunnel almost, but it's just, you've got steep sides on one side and you start going downhill, uh, dropping elevation fairly quickly. And then it's just, it gets dark and it gets cold. Didn't you want me to draw you a map, even though there's only one road that goes straight <laughs> back? Most likely. I said, I, well, everything's off this main road. <laughs> it's either right or left. <laughs> and I know that now. 
but yeah, that was my main concern. And then all of a sudden it's like, you, as you go down this road, Oh, here's this stand, here's this feeder, here's, you know, here's this and here's that. I think the coolest part, and it's still, it's still fun when you, when you first hit that road and start that descent down to the river bottom where we have feeders set up, it just, it starts to get dark, the temperature drops and it's, all of a sudden you're just in a new environment than, than what you were, you know, up in the pasture. That was a very long-winded way of saying my first impressions of the place. So to go into to more description about the property, I think the reason that the river bottom is such a stark contrast from being up top is right before you go to the river bottom is the, the caliche pit. Now this is a part of the property that used to have machinery coming in there, mining out the, the caliche, you know, for those that don't know what caliche is, it's, it, it's a really good soil material used for roads, for oil field and, and whatnot to, to lay a pad down. That is something easy to drive on even whenever it gets wet. Yeah. I almost stopped you when you said caliche pit, just for an explanation, but then I remembered we're talking to a bunch of guys in Texas and they should probably all know what caliche is. <laughs> But we explained anyways. There you go. <laughs> you you kind of go from a, almost a desert ecosystem down into kind of like a jungle because it's very dry. It's very bright. It's very hot up in the caliche pit. And then you go down into the river and like you said, the temperature drops about 10 degrees. It gets darker because of all the trees. You know, there's a lot of pecan trees that are pretty much creating a canopy over the entire area down there. Of course, you've got the river running from one side of the fence line to the other side, you know, bordering the the property. When you say it's like the trees are, are creating a canopy down there, it's not an area that's, you know, totally covered. Uh, it does get direct sunlight, but I guess we're probably not down there during the direct sunlight. It's like that that window of direct sunlight has got to be so limited, like right around the noon, you know, like noon to two hour uh because there there are so many trees up top but it's it does get that i guess we're just probably not down there during that time and that's why you don't really notice it but yeah it's still it just always gives that feeling off that yeah you're you are being covered and you're in your own little space down there and the border from the river bottom to the caliche pit is what we call the bluff it's a bluff overlooking the river area and and all that property down there it's kind of a straight drop off at some places, but there's a lot of game trails that go up and down from the river up to the caliche pit and beyond that into the pasture and the, and the creek area. So heading back to the back of the property where the river bottom is and the caliche pit and the bluff and all that, you've got pastures, you've got creeks, you've got a tank, there's, there's other areas and you know, we talk about the different ecosystems that are on the property and there really is a diverse set of ecosystems on there because you've got muscadine grape vines growing in the creek bottom. And that's, that's about halfway going back to the river. And then you've got other pastures. There's just, there's a lot of different areas to the property that provide a, a different look and a different uh, environment for the different animals that are out there. Yeah. When I think about really trying to visualize and understand the lay of the land out there, to me, it starts with the pasture, at least, you know, from what we've hunted out there. Um, that's typically the first stop, you, you know, you, you're going down the road, you've got a a little creek bottom to to drive over and, and some trees to get through. But then as you're coming up out of that creek bottom, the first thing you're going to notice is just 
an open field off to the right. That's the pasture. When I think about how all the property ties together, to me, it starts there because it does seem like that, like everybody kind of goes through that one point to get to where they're hunting. But also like you have access to all of those places from the pasture, which isn't, may not necessarily be true for other locations. I mean, the river bottom, you're going to be kind of limited in what you can easily do or get to, but the pasture, it's got stuff, you know, from all directions that if you needed to get out and stalk or just wanted to go get a different viewpoint on something, you can do that from the pasture. Yeah. And that's really one of the best places if you want to see long distance, because there are places within that pasture when you can see 200 yards in every direction talking about the Spartan cam and catching that sounder on the camera, the pasture is ultimately where you wound up and where you got that shot, correct? Right. Because I had the most visibility and especially with it being at dusk, I wanted to be able to see a long way. I knew where they were coming from, you know, being the caliche pit and the, and the Y over there. And I, they were probably going to follow that tree line heading towards food and, and heading through the property. But there in the, in the pasture, you've got, you got a couple of different things. So we've got a feeder and a camera there. What better birthday present than getting a, getting a double blind from your mom? <laughs> that was a few years ago. I, I'm still waiting on that for my mom. I figured double blind, two people, put it in a place where you can see in all directions, and that was the pasture. So that's where the double blind is there in, in the big pasture. Uh, we call it dad's pasture because that's where my dad would always go hunting there. He had a metal chair that he put in the middle of a mesquite tree because the mesquite tree had four trunks that were going off in all different directions, but they all started from the ground. And so he put the chair right in the middle of all these trunks <laughs> from that double blind where it's set up about 65, 70 yards to the tree line is where we've got the big feeder set up paneling around it, you know, to, to keep it fenced in and away from cows and other varmints. But We've got a camera there and we also have a green motion light. And so when you're looking straight out from the double blind, that's, that's what you're looking at about 70 yards out to the tree line where that feeder is. Well, off to the right, you've got about 270 yards to the fence line, the, the neighboring property fence line. You know, if the hogs are running through the trees going towards that fence line, they would have to pop out right there from the trees in order to get under the fence. Or if they want to come down the fence line, they could go straight down into what we call corner pocket. That's the new name for it. <laughs> now, when we were out there setting up the camera, there's a couple other guys. It was man, a little more tame wanna, at that point. We like to name places because it makes it a little bit easier instead of saying, you know, that camera that's out there in the, this place and that location, it, it's just easier to say it, corner pocket. I would agree. We had the discussion out there. We're setting up the camera about what are we going to name this? And one of the guys, it's almost like a light bulb came on. He was so excited. He's like, I got a name for it, but I'm not going to tell you until you finish what you're doing because we were still setting up the camera. And I'm looking at him just kind of wondering, why are you keeping me in suspense? This you know, be good. be a great name, right? <laughs> finish setting up the camera and then I go back to the mule. He's like, all right, I want you to look up here. If, if you look up, you see how the, the elevation changes just slightly kind of going up towards the trees and it kind of gradually comes down here. And he's got his hands out and he's like, bunny slope. <laughs> As if he's expecting an audience to jump up out of their seats and applaud his wonderful ability to name a location. <laughs> 
So let's just say I spent the rest of the night coming up with a new name <laughs> for Bunny Slope. I, you know, if you look at it from a satellite view, uh, I know we we use uh, the Onyx Hunt app, um, but when when you look at it from above, it I mean it does look like corner pocket. It's very easy to picture. Uh, it's almost as if you see kind of the last half of a pool table, and then you can see these little inlets, you know, going in and out. And pretty sure we picked the biggest one for corner pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so we've we've seen everything from hogs to cows coming through there coyotes and skunks and armadillos and a big pack of deer that you said I had, uh, (laughs) I thought you photoshopped it. That was, that was (laughs) the first big success we got on the cameras. And it's just a, just the corner pocket, which is in terms of size, it's not huge. Um, but in that field and that little window of view, there were seven deer just sitting out there frolicking, you know, having a good time eating. And I can say there was one in the back that looked like it had eight legs on it or, or maybe two heads. I can't remember. <laughs> That's where I initially thought it was Photoshopped and I got a closer look at it, but, uh, and realized that wasn't the case, but I still had to confirm because we just, we hadn't seen a picture like that with all the yeah. cameras, that we, with all the stuff that we'd taken and all the cameras we'd set up. Would you say that we had a plethora of deer? No, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I don't even know what a plethora is. <laughs> Why do you keep using uh, this word when you don't even know what it means? I, I would say we had a plethora of deer. So <laughs> I think that's still the biggest uh, picture we've seen. Definitely the biggest one from the corner pocket. Uh, I don't think we've seen that many grouped together at the Y yet. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to pull pictures if they exist from dad's pasture in the river bottom and see it, what we're getting on there. Cause right. I, I mean, the pasture is, it is a happening place out there. There's, always stuff out there so and there's there's a lot of activity that happens down at the river bottom too but before you get down there that's where we've got the spartan cam set up at the y there in the caliche pit so we've got two cameras there in the pasture we've got one in the caliche pit and then we've also got two more down at the river one of them is on the river trail which is uh kind of halfway up the bluff as you're as you're looking at it but that was something that i saw a huge amount of tracks and the trail is is well worn from one of the property fence lines that goes up and down and around working its way down into the river bottom okay i guess when you're at the old stand because we you've uh, you've moved it turned it into a tree stand now but we had a tripod out there and it was, it was basically sitting on the fence line right and, and so you're down at the river bottom yeah okay what we had there for quite some time was a tripod sitting on one of the fence lines. And it's not, when I say it's sitting on the fence line, it's it's several feet moved to the side of one of the fences that borders the property. But whenever I'm in that tripod, my, I put my back at the fence line so that I can look down the uh, length of the river bottom. Okay, yeah. So when you're when you're looking out that way, you've got the river off to your left. I mean, it, we call it the river bottom, but it's, it's almost, you know, another pasture uh, that's just surrounded by trees. And so you're looking out that way and then off to the right is this bluff. Yeah. So it kind of creates like a channel for animals to go back and forth. Yeah. It's really a neat area. It's incredibly neat. One of the things I've got on my list to understand out there is how those animals move up and down through that. And I think, I mean, I think the river trail camera is 
I mean, that's why we put it there because it's one of those main thoroughfares. But then if you look, so when you're, when you're looking across this pasture, the road that goes down kind of cuts it in half. And so in my mind, I just, I see two different areas down there. Uh, you've got the area where we've got the, you know, the river bottom with, with the feeder. And then you've got the other area on the other side of the road. What I'd like to do is get on that side of the road and, and look for game trails up there and see how they utilize it. Because you can't get anywhere on the property without going up that bluff at some point. But you would think, obviously, those access points are limited. As you reminded me one time, we're, we're hunting hogs and deer out there, not mountain goats. <laughs> right. So, uh, but I think we really wanted to get an understanding of uh, how deer are moving through the property and where we can uh, utilize traps or snares. I think understanding those routes on the bluff is going to be a big part of that because... I think we'd really be condensing how much we have to look at uh, if we can do that. Yeah. And that's part of the beauty of using trail cameras so that you can find those areas, especially whenever you see large groups of hogs to let you know where a good place to put a trap is. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and that's something that I hope we get done. And I kind of started doing a little bit this week as part of this podcast project. I really want to take the data off of our, our cameras and kind of map it out some way so we get a better understanding what we're looking at. If it's the, you know, do we think it's the same sounder? Is it a different one? So on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so really looking forward to utilizing the game cam. So we've kind of talked about where these cameras are and, and a little bit about the, the different ecosystems, general lay of the land. One thing that I like to do whenever I'm out there, even whenever you guys are posted up at certain locations, whether you're in the double blind and somebody's down at the river. But I like to walk the fence line on one side because it's not in any direction where any of the blinds are, any of the hunting locations are kind of untouched. So I walk up and down that fence line to see if there's anything moving or if there's any changes to the area. Um, but I, I really like that fence line because there's so many cross points. And I think it was something that you wanted to to research oh, yeah. in depth as oh, far yeah. as where they're coming from whenever they come from an, another property. Because when you start shooting hogs or you, there's there's any type of hunting pressure in any particular location, the hogs are, they're smart. They'll move on they're, They'll move through or, or they'll, they'll go nocturnal, but they get to your property one way or another. And there are so many crossings there at the, at the barbed wire fence that goes up that, that fence line where you'll see how they've gone under, where they're leaving, you know, little bits of hair on the wire. There's a lot of, a lot of crosses it along that fence line. So that's well-traveled. That's yeah. So my first uh, encounter with that kind of drove around, look at things, gathered our thoughts, you know, figured out what we may be able to do better next time. Yeah. You're driving along this fence line. And, and the first thing you notice, there are several big hills and it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. I believe the biggest trail out there, the one that you kind of mentioned as in terms of being, you know, the most well-traveled was at the bottom. Yeah. It's at the bottom of one of the hills closer towards the bluff. Okay. And that's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the trail that goes from that fence line and it goes straight, straight to that camera that we have called river trail that goes down into the river. Okay. So if they're not coming from the fence that's down at the river, if they're not actively working their way through the river bottom from that one property onto mom's place, the only other way they get down into that river bottom coming from that side is using this trail. And so they'll, mm -hmm. they'll take this, this trail at the bottom of the hill 
in between these two hills, follow that through, it kind of cuts down into through the bluff into the river bottom from the other side. Okay. And I, I think you mischaracterized it a little bit. You did say they just go straight through to the river trail. My first impressions were there is nothing straight through about this trail. <laughs> it, it was nice because there was actually a little opening at the inlet, which kind of made it inviting for wanting to go in and stalk. But it really, it was it looked like it was open enough that we could take the thermal down there, the thermal monocular, and look at the entrance. If we don't see anything, maybe inch forward a little bit to another area where we can get a good view. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to imagine, yeah, you're at the bottom of the hill, you go up the hill, still on the fence line, but you go up the hill. And then to me, that is the bluff. That is like the part of the bluff that you stand up on top of a rock and it's almost as if it goes straight down. Beautiful yeah. view. And you can look down. I mean, you're looking down right on top of the, of the river bottom and, and then you've got the river just past it as well. Well, that's also the location where, you know, this guy that we're calling Todd, who was hunting out of that tripod down at the river, whenever I was doing one of my little fence line stalking uh, strolls, I went up to the top of there and I found a big rock and I threw it down the bluff. Sure enough, you see on the on the text message group that we've got going on, <laughs> Todd is asking uh, if anyone else had heard the, the crashing of animals coming down the bluff. I was unaware of that, but that's outstanding. We we have more stories of this guy, Todd, down at the uh, River Tripod as well. So yeah. we might just have a whole special episode called Todd. <laughs> <laughs> we could have an episode just called River Tripod because that was also where you, you dropped a number of things. Yes. And that was one of the funniest things on the, on the group text that was going on <laughs> because you said, added to my list of things that I have dropped from the tripod... <laughs> is my phone. And so the rest of us immediately start responding with, how, how are you texting us whenever you have dropped your phone? Only made the problem worse for me. Uh <laughs> and of course, one of the guys was like, is he, is he whisper yelling down there? Hey, Siri, reply to my last text. If I was, I was doing good because there was a, there was a spike about 10, 15 yards away from me down underneath the feeder at the time. <laughs> Lo and behold, it wasn't magic. It was, it was my Apple watch. So as, as I am creating more questions for you guys to send me via text, I'm sitting here trying to be quiet, not to disturb the deer, looking at my watch, literally writing out these texts on the little pad that they have. <laughs> so I, I spent the majority of my night doing just that. But that tripod is also where I saw the first sounder come through. That's that's on my list of seventeen hogs that have taken from the property. Ah. They they came from the other side of the fence, right underneath that tripod. I have never felt more adrenaline in my life than having a pack of twenty five hogs walking fifteen feet underneath me. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely something we'll want to talk about. I've had my experience with hogs down there as well. It wasn't wasn't quite that, but definitely a, a fun stand. So uh but yeah. going going back to the to the west fence, you're looking up the hill and then there's that bluff and it's moving from your left to right. You know, you've got the fence to your back. As you're go looking into this trail, I'm what, 10 feet from the fence. I mean basically there's a kind of a path carved out next to the fence uh, where you can drive the mule. But right. after that, it's just a, maybe within 10 feet, it's just another line of trees. And so you're walking up to the edge of this trail and you've got the bluff on your left and you've got 
nothing but trees basically in front of you. And, and how far would you say, just rough guess, from that entry point by the fence to where we have the camera set up? How far would you say that is? It's a good way. So I would say maybe a hundred yards. Okay. So just as you're walking it, because it's not a straight line. Whenever I say these, you know, they're running straight through down to the river trail camera. I meant speed wise because they're always running fast, but it works its way back and forth as it goes lower into that ravine that ends up down at the corner where I've got that camera. And then they drop down maybe another 20 yards down into the river bottom from there. Okay. So if we thought we were getting on the bunny slope, but we wound up here on the double black diamond, we would be, they, they would basically be snow plowing their way in a zigzag pattern. Is that, is that yes. accurate? <laughs> so, but the, the point of it was it, it is more complicated than just a nice walking trail that you might get at, at your local city park. But there's, there's a lot of area where that trail is going to branch off where they could bed down for the night not lacking for anything, you know, food, shelter, and then the river is is right there. So absolutely on my list of high priority items that I want to get out there and understand and, and put cameras out there. That's kind of the scary part too, whenever you're down there at the river bottom, because like we talked about it, having all those trees and it gets dark down at the river bottom before it gets dark anywhere else on the property, whether it's in the pasture or the caliche pit. Much sooner. I mean, it's, I would say like an hour is probably what you should plan on. It's going to get dark that much quicker down there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting any moonlight. So it is, it, it is pitch black. And I don't know if I've told you this, but my, my sister, she won't go down there at night. I, I know you've mentioned your mom, I think as well, doesn't like going down there at night. So it's, it's pretty spooky. Yeah, not surprising. I I don't think my wife would uh, would be a fan of going down there by herself at night. But yeah, the last group of hogs that I was shooting down at the river, it was just that. They were coming down that trail that you were just talking about, and they were working their way down to the river bottom, but they were taking their time. And I'm sitting down there at the river bottom at the base of one of the trees, pretty close to where this trail ends up down there. And I can hear them, and I've got the earmuffs that have the enhanced hearing stuff where you can change the volume and whatnot. And so I think they're all around me. I say very cool technology, but uh, it can sure, <laughs> it can sure play games with your mind. <laughs> I had to take them off because I thought they were on top of me and it's already, you know, pitch black and I've got the scope looking up there at the trail. I can't see anything. There's tree in the way. I can't see anything there. So I ended up having to take those off just so I could hear where they were. And they were, they were back on the other side of one of the ridges there taking their time before I could actually see one. But for that you know, five minutes, it was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. I can imagine that's always something I am aware of, I guess I should say, not really wary of, but especially when we're up in the hill country, uh, because, you know, we always walk to the stands out there. And so on those pitch black nights, uh, even if you got your green light or something, you just see eyes pinging off of you all the time. And so you're always wary of what's around you, especially if it's hogs. But there've been several times where I've thought to myself, if a pack of hogs were to run up on me right now, I'm not really sure I'd be prepared to do anything with it. So, Well, and that's why I've got more of those green motion lights, because I want to put some where they travel so that I get at least some advanced warning when they're coming through. Not only hearing them, because you know, I want to be able to know whenever they get to a certain location. Yeah, so that and that's... I I definitely think we'll see more of those out out on the properties throughout the years because they're handy. They're cheap. 
they're solar powered. So you don't have to, you know, it's as Ron Papil would say, just set it and forget it. So, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we can set them up like a runway. You know, you see them on the videos where it just has that shot looking down the runway and the lights come on one at a time. We'll know they're coming to us. <laughs> kind of like a ripple line. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to getting those set up and out there and seeing what we can do with them. We still got to talk about kind of what our goal that we were going to take out of this and out of uh, everything that we looked at on the cameras. And, you know, ultimately the goal is how can we mitigate the hog population in this area? Well, we're looking at the game cameras that we have right now and that we're receiving the pictures for, you know, you go into it and I just keep thinking traps, 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 and have a lot of fun playing with different ideas and, and trying to see if we can make a bigger and better trap. And then the first, the first nibble we get is a lone boar that we're seeing in the corner pocket once a week. Looking at the dates, it's kind of funny. It looks like he prefers Mondays, early Monday mornings. Um, <laughs> but it's like he literally has come around. I think there have been three times uh, where he has shown up on cameras on a seven-day rotation. You know, setting up a trap for a single boar in a heavily populated area with other game uh, seems like overkill and potentially... Yeah. I don't want to say dangerous, but it could just lead to more work if we trap something we don't want to. I, th I think you're right. I think it, it, it's not that it's overkill. A trap will work, but for a lone boar that's out there that we've seen regularly, I think it'd be easiest and more efficient just to go out there and shoot him. I, that makes sense to me. We'll have to kind of think that plan through. Of course, we'll share with all of you guys and hopefully by the next podcast or two, we're going to have an update for you. Uh, and then we can dive into to how we handle that and what we do with it uh, once we kill it, because don't like to waste anything. And I know that that's hard when you're hunting hogs, but we got a lot of good ideas in terms of how to butcher them and what to do with that food. So we need to get this guy off the property, not only so we have something to talk about, but so we can fill our freezers. So we'll have those updates for you in the next episode, episode three. Uh, what we're also going to do is put a few of these pictures out here instagram and facebook we've got a facebook page started called texas hog hunters we also have an instagram page at texas hog hunters do look up the pictures look up the facebook page and instagram and uh, let us know what you think um if you if you see anything have any ideas you know feel free to post them and let us know if there's anything else we can do to to make it more enjoyable for you guys so so yeah, make sure you guys get out and like us on all the social media apps, be in touch and we will see you on the next episode.